chapter 4. Yeah. James 4. Verse 7 is interesting because it says, submit yourself to God. And when after you've done that, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But it's the next verse I want to focus in on. Verse 8. What does verse 8 say, Nancy? I know I see you digging for your glasses. <laughs> okay, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Interesting, isn't it? It's my move. No, but when I read that the other day, I realized that I'm as close to God as I want to be. It's not him drawing near to me. It's me drawing near to him. So I can be as close as Billy Graham was if I want to be. Once I find that out, I can do that, right? Draw near unto God. Mm, I can do that. Draw near unto God. What's that look like? Well, that looks like when you don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, you get up and go. You had glasses off up here. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Ah. <laughs> the vibration. <laughs> the vibration. Hallelujah. Praise and worship was excellent. And Rick and Ann were excellent. Ann would still be talking if they didn't take the <laughs> mic away, microphone away from her. <laughs> Where do I want to go now? Okay. I think so. Take those off. First of all, I got all these glasses now that don't work. <laughs> Are you complaining about it? No, I'm just making a comment. I'm just filling in the space. It's my half hour. <laughs> don't want to leave the air dull. Uh, so anyway, if, if, if God says that I'm to draw near to him, and then he'll draw near to me, then I then I need to read um, Psalm one thirty nine because I, I need to see his heart. Yeah, one thirty nine is a better one. I mean, they're all good psalms, but this one in particular is good. Verse seventeen of Proverbs one or Proverbs Psalms one three nine. Verse seventeen. How precious are your thoughts unto me, O God. Great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, you're still with me. How many grains of sand? He didn't say the sand at Lawrencetown Beach. He said the sand. And I have a statistic for you. One cubic foot of sand contains one million, gra one million grains. One cubic foot. And he's saying that his thoughts toward you You're not even here, are you? <laughs> his thoughts toward you 
are greater than the sand. Your brain can't comprehend that, can't reel it in. There's no way you can get a hold of that by yourself. And yet he's saying, draw near unto me. I'll draw near unto you. So, so the onus is on me to draw near. But when I get there, I find out that he's totally wrapped up in my life to the way beyond ridiculous. He said, I know how many hairs you get on your head. Some of us have less than we did a couple of years ago. The very hairs on your head are numbered. I love you more than the grains of sand. My thoughts towards you, it's nice that you think of me occasionally, <laughs> but my thoughts toward you outnumber the sand. Some of you, you'll get this on the way home. What's he trying to tell you? I love you. I will never fail you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Boldly say this. God is on my side. I'll not be afraid. What can a man do unto me? Now let's go back to Psalm 102. Because we just read through, um, if you're reading the Bible through with us in a year, uh, yesterday we read through um, <laughs> we did no, Second Kings chapter 6 and 7. No, but it's like if you know things, like if you know the song that we sang, that last song, I Exalt Thee, Moses wrote that in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and it was the last things that he said, and he taught the people. He said, at the end of my days, I got this to say, his work is perfect, and all of his ways are just, and I exalt thee, I exalt thee. That's, that's how he ended his life. D did he go through things? Did he come out on the other side? Yeah. I know he didn't get in the promised land, but yes, he did. When you read Matthew chapter 17, the Mount of Transfiguration, he, he showed up there anyway. So, so he, you know, like, and again, the fact that he didn't go into the promised land wasn't really to do with him. It was to, to do with the fact that the law can't take you where faith goes. The law had to die in order for faith to rise up. And so it was the faith of God through Joshua. Joshua, what am I supposed to do? Meditate my word. Mutter, utter, and speak my word day and night. All the time. Then you will. He said, I'm not going to. I already did. I, he said, I've already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, what are you going to do with it? If you'll meditate that word day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will find good success. God, why won't you do it? God is so for you. You got to get a hold of God and realize that he's, first of all, he said in Hebrews 11 to verse six, he said, without faith, it's impossible because number one, we must believe. Number one, we must believe. Amen. You got to believe. Yes. What am I supposed to believe? That he's real, that he exists, and and, and not question his integrity. That he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So you're expecting the reward of your faith. 
But see, if you were God and somebody questioned your words, I wonder how upset you'd get. See, when you question his words, you're really saying, I don't trust you. I don't, I question your integrity, Lord. I'm not sure that you, I'm not sure that you're really a good God because my circumstances don't line up. None of you have ever said that, but that's okay. <laughs> I want to go to Psalm 102 because I want to lead in to where I want to go in, in 2 Kings chapter 7. You know, because in 2 Kings chapter 7, I taught this message before. The message was tomorrow, about this time, there will be plenty. And I preached it and it didn't happen. And I said, God, why don't these things happen? And that's why all these other verses are coming up right now, because you don't believe it. He's a rewarder. You, you have to believe. See, anyway, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Um, Psalm 102 and verse 12. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever, and your remembrance unto all generations. You shall arise. That word arises, kume, and it means you, you, it means that you got up on purpose and you got up going to fix a problem. It means that you got up, you stood up and said, I'm going to deal with this right now. And when it's written here, it says you'll arise. And it's, it sounds like you hadn't, you haven't even been paying attention, God. I didn't think that you were listening to my prayers. I didn't think, I didn't believe John 5, 14. That when I pray according to your word, you hear me, that you answer my prayers. I didn't believe that because I didn't see it happen soon enough. I'm used to the McDonald's drive through window. <laughs> You've got to know when you pray, believe and you receive, it shall be delivered unto you. You, be you believe now and receive later, but the, the believing has to be now. It's not, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll see it. I'll see it. And then I'll see it now with my eye of faith. And he says, you shall arise and shine. Arise and have mercy upon Zion. Zion is the church, Hebrews 12, 12. You can look it up later. 12, 12, 12, 22, I think, actually. You shall arise and have mercy upon the church for the time. The Kairos moment, the set time, the set time of favor has come upon the church. So a day of favor is better than a lifetime of labor. <laughs> no, but if you receive, look, look, don't hear Gary today. Hear God speak. It's his words. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what he said. It's him talking to you. You may get you know you may get tired of the voice sometimes, but it's it's him nonetheless, right? Him talking. You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion. And any time you find mercy and grace, it's at the time we're living in now. You don't need it in heaven. The set time to favor her, yeah, the set time. God never, God never wastes. God never. How about, how about this? God never 
misses an appointment. It'd probably be 11.59, right? I'd like to say it this way, God's never been early in my life. <laughs> if he has been with you, I want you to pray for me after the service. Yes, the set time of favor. Now, favor means to bend down. It means to grant unfair, undisturbed partiality. Un undeserved, rather. Undeserved partiality. So I don't have to earn this. All I got to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive this favor. Receive his favor today. Don't go to try and earn it. And then after you receive it, don't try to pay him back. The favor of the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The set time of favor. It means to promote to prominence. It's Isaiah chapter 60. Arise and shine, your lights come. The glory of the Lord's risen upon you. And in the world, darkness grows darkness upon the people. But God's glory shall be seen upon you. How does that happen? Receive it right now. Don't wait and think, when's that going to manifest? The Holy Ghost came 2,000 years ago. He, he's not coming a second time or a third time. He's here right now. Let's just get into re revival mode. <laughs> Let's get into I'm hungry. Let's get into hallelujah, just putting him first. Your first God. But you, O Lord, John, okay, no, verse uh, 14. Verse 15. Verse 15. And when I think about the set time, I think about this too. He saved his best for the last. He saved you to go through, like what we just saw here, the Ukraine has been involved in for some time now. There's disasters happening all over the world. And my Bible tells me that, you know, they're, they're calling it climate change. And they want to raise your, your taxes. But the fact of the matter is, Romans 8.22 says that all creation is groaning under the weight of sin. The earth is rebelling against the sin that's being acted out on it. And so it's not, it's not a carbon tax or global warming. It's the sin that's gotten the world in rebellion against. Come on, it's the, it's, read it. It's, read Romans 8. I love Romans 8. And I, I like what it says about us. All creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. Well, they've been here for 2,000 years. I would say now is a good time to manifest. Well, how am I going to do that? How are you going to do that is expected. How are you going to do that is, is stop looking at your garbage and realize that he paid for your trash. He loved you so much that he had to, he would rather die than live without you and he did i said he loved you so much that he would rather die than live without you and he did yes. he died for you and your junk he uses your junk to build character hallelujah we're going to get somewhere here okay verse 15 so the heathen or the goyim the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth, your glory. 
God's about to show off. God saved the best for that last. He's saying you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> okay, now let's go to Kings now. Second Kings chapter six or seven. How many of you are reading the Bible through with us? How many of you just wanting to crawl under a chair right now because you haven't even looked at it? <laughs> no, there isn't. No, but what it is is like when if you were a Hebrew, if you were a Jew, you'd be reading the same chapter today if you lived in Halifax as you would if you were living in Jerusalem. They read the same verses every single day, and they have been scattered for a couple of thousand years, and they said that this is what keeps them together. If it works for them, hallelujah. Amen. Chapter 6 and verse 25. Draw near unto God, and he'll draw near unto you. Hallelujah. How many grains of sand? A million in the cubic foot? How many thoughts does he have toward you today? And he's got this book written for you. And when you hear this and receive this, this will happen for you. Today is as poor as you're ever going to be. I disagree with what I see on the ground. Hallelujah. I'm expecting this, that, that tomorrow about this time. Hang on to that thought, tomorrow about this time. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Now, let me tell you something. You haven't had a piece of toast. I do have had dove's dung spread on it. <laughs> no, this was tough. To, um, <laughs> maybe you're scraping the bottom of the peanut butter jar, but let me tell you. <laughs> the king of Israel was passing by on the wall and cried a woman unto him saying, help my Lord, help me, Lord. He said, what, what can I do for you? And, and she said, what, he said, what aileth thee? And she answered in verse 28. She said, this woman said unto me, give me your son and we'll eat him. And we'll eat my son tomorrow. Well, there's a good deal now. So they boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her the next day, give me your son. She wouldn't do it. And when the king heard this, when the king heard the words of this woman, he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall and the people looked and behold, he was sackcloth upon his flesh. Then he said, God do more to me also if the head of Elisha, the Tish, the Shephat, shall stand upon him this day. <sighs> you know, when we blame God, when you blame God, bad things last for a long time. He, 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 he wasn't totally directed at God, but Elisha represented God, and so he was blaming God for his problems. Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. The king sent for a man before him, and before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, 
See how the son of the murderer has sent to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door and don't let him, don't let him, don't let him in. And while he yet talked to them, the messenger came and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait? Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Okay. First chapter seven, verse one was where we want to get. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, there'll be plenty. And it's going to be cheap. Tomorrow about this time, there's going to be plenty. It's going to be cheap. What about the recession? This is, we're talking about a serious recession right here. But don't ever lose sight of the fact that the wealth of the wicked has been laid up in store for the just. That promise will be fulfilled in your life if you'll open up for it. In your life if you'll expect it. In your life if you're thinking, well, if I could just shine myself up and up, God might help me a little bit. No, God will help you no matter what you've done. Well, I never ever tithed before. Well, does that matter? It matters with your covenant relationship but it doesn't matter with receiving by faith what's coming next. Did you really say that? Yes, I did. Lots of times people don't tithe because they're in fear. Tomorrow, about this time, a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel here in the gate of Israel. And then they said, hey, preacher, don't get their hopes up. God himself couldn't change the economy in one day. Hey, preacher, don't get people's hopes up. God himself couldn't change their circumstances in 24 hours. I'm telling you, believe the preacher. Why? Because he's preaching this. The Lord whose hand the king leaned upon said, Behold, if the Lord could make windows in heaven... This thing couldn't be. He said, behold, you'll see it with your eyes, but you'll not partake of it. See, if you, if you don't see it with your faith, you won't see it at all. You'll see other people getting blessed, and then you'll think that God has favorites. No, he doesn't. Draw near unto me, and I'll draw near unto you. It's your move. Draw near unto me. It's an invitation. And there were four leprous men. Now, in my mind, they're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but that's just an idea that I have. There were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. Excuse me. And they said, why should we sit here until we die? They, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John represent to me the fact that the Pharisees and all the religious people of the day kicked them out. They had no place there. And New Covenant Ministries Church was kicked out 30 years ago, and we knew it. We had no, we we couldn't even we couldn't even buy favor. What do you mean by that? I mean we sent so many checks to so many churches. I, I'm not talking two dollars. I'm talking thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand bucks. And most of the time, never even got a response. Were you trying to buy favor? No, we were trying to people say people. We're trying to demonstrate the love of God to you at least. At least we, we would have 
thought we would get a response. Some people haven't responded yet. They cashed the checks. One guy, though, a pastor, I remember him because he he called up and he said, um, he said, I told God that if I didn't have a breakthrough by Friday, I was going to quit the ministry. He said, your check came Friday morning. Yeah. So your labor's not in vain, the Lord, no matter how what the response is. <laughs> Four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said to one another, I wonder if one of these guys might have been Gehazi if they weren't to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Anyway, why, do we, why are we going to sit here until we die? And I would like to say that to you this morning. Are you just going to sit here until you die? Or are you going to press into the things of the Spirit of God? If you can just sit here until you die, you'll make it to heaven. You know, it's okay. But there's a game to be played. There's a battle to be won. And it's by faith. Hebrews 4.11 says, the labor that we're involved in is to labor to enter into his rest. I'm not struggling trying to make things happen. I'm going with the flow. Remember this too. The Holy Ghost is like a river. He, he flows through the areas of least resistance. So if you're not resisting him, he'll flow through you. That's why when over these next, this next while, I mean, the church is going to change. Amen. There's a change agent working in the church and it's the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see things that we haven't seen before Amen. that that go beyond our equilibrium. Amen. And we need to make sure that when we see them, we remember that they're signs and wonders and they're not things that were, that were well, that's not, that doesn't fit in my box, so that can't be God. No, tear the box down. Yes, we're not going to invite strange people in or get try to do weird stuff. Yes. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that we're not going to stop the move of the Spirit of God. We're not going to try and control the move of the Spirit of God. We've studied revival and seen that every revival was quashed by somebody trying to take charge of it. The one in charge will be the Holy Ghost. And if he does things that I don't agree with, then <laughs> can you believe he would do that? I can't believe he'd do something I don't agree with. How silly is it, right? Why should we sit here until we die? If we say we're going back into religion, religion will kill us. If we sit here, we're going to die anyway. Now, therefore, come and let us fall upon the host of the Assyrians. If they save us alive, we'll live. And if they kill us, we'll be dead. <laughs> That's good logic. <laughs> And the said, "Arise, arise." One of the one of this kume. One of the definitions is to become powerful. It's to and when they rose up, they didn't just rise up in the land. They stepped into the supernatural. God wants you to step into the supernatural. In verse 5, and they rose up, they broke into the supernatural. Another tr translation of that rise is to come on the scene. 
it's time for New Covenant Ministries Church to come on the scene. Look, we're in a good location here. I know you might not think it's big enough. We can take over the building. We can take over uh, who knows what we can do. There's no limits to to where we are right now. This is a launch pad. This is this is we're getting ready to do something new and something big. And it's not some guest coming in. It's you. No, it's don't wait for somebody else to come and deal with all this. Expect that God's going to speak to and use you. Well, how could he ever use me? Well, look at the look at Hebrews chapter eleven and the characters that he used, and say, why not me? We know their backstory. And they rose up in the twilight, and they hid to, headed toward the camp of the Assyrians. And when they came to the uppermost part of the camp of Assyria, see, this is I love this. There was no one there. I said there was no one there. The things that you're afraid of, there's no one there. There's no one there. What you were afraid of last year didn't happen. Because there was no one there. There was no one there. I love this. <laughs> For the Lord had made, the Lord had made the host of the Assyrians sound like the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great host. He's done that again in the Six-Day War. Study the history of Israel. I mean, this stuff is not Old Testament. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians, and they have come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses and, even, and, the, and, and fled for their lives. A whole nation say because some weak, disabled, unqualified men refused to make excuses. What are you saying about them? I'm saying they were weak. I'm saying they were unqualified. They were disabled. But they stopped making excuses. And they had obvious reasons to make excuses, but they stopped. And all of a sudden, now, but overnight they became celebrities. <laughs> yep, use what you have. And, and again, I've said this lots of times, your quitting point and your breakthrough point are the same place. It's what you do when you get there. Verse 8, and when the lepers came into the uttermost parts of the camp, they went into a tent and they said, I smell bacon. And they carried the silver and the gold and raiment and had breakfast. They went into another tent, carried that away also. But then, then, then it dawned on them. We're not doing this right. This is a day of good tidings, and we're holding our peace. If we tarry until the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, let us take and bless the king's. I love this. I underline this. Tell the king's household. Expect the miracle, and then tell everybody you can. Guess what God did for us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your future is not by chance. Your future is by choice. Your future is not by chance. Your future is by choice. Choose to believe this today.
He said, I believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How do I seek him? There's enough grain in one cubic foot to make a million grains of sand. His thoughts to me are that great. How could I resist such a love affair? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.